0: Hello, my friend. I hope you are well. I'm Robert Crandall. Welcome to Short Stories, a production of Adventures in Audio.net. Each episode, I read a story of horror, terror, the macabre, mystery, and related genres. Today is Thanksgiving and I hope you enjoyed this great American holiday. I also want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's hard to believe that 2017 is just around the corner. What a year 2016 has been. The Chicago Cubs won the World Series of Baseball. After 100 years, and eight years maybe there's hope for the human condition after all well well as john lennon would say by the way i just want to remind you and i don't think i've mentioned this for a while i do voiceovers for radio tv commercials website greetings corporate narrations animation i'm currently doing a part for a video game so whatever you need just uh, shoot me an email to robert dot c like cat 850 at gmail.com and if my voice is not suitable for your project i have friends in the business don't worry both male and female and we'll Get you taken care of? Hell, let me ask you something. Would you spend the night in the same room as a corpse? I once knew a girl who lived above a funeral home. I was a bit uneasy the first time I went to visit her. There were corpses in the basement. She said, "Don't worry, they're dead." In the story we're about to hear, a man spends the night with a corpse. Strange things begin to happen during the night. Are they real, or is it just his imagination? As you will see, things don't go well. Let's listen now to the fearsome touch of death by Robert E. Howard. As long as midnight cloaks the earth with shadows grim and stark, God save us from the Judas kiss of a dead man in the dark. Old Adam Pharaoh lay dead in the house where he had lived alone for the last twenty years. A silent, churlish recluse. In his life he had known no friends, and only two men watched his passing. Dr. Stein rose and glanced out the window into the gathering dusk. You think you can spend the night here, then? He asked his companion. This man, fallred by name, assented. "'Yes, certainly. I guess it's up to me.' "'Rather a useless and primitive custom "'sitting up with the dead,' "'commented the doctor preparing to depart. "'But I suppose in common decency "'we will have to bow to precedence. "'Maybe I can find someone who will come over here "'and help you with your vigil.' "'Fallred shrugged his shoulders. "'I doubt it. Farrell wasn't liked.' "'wasn't known by many people. "'I scarcely knew him myself, "'but I don't mind sitting up with the corpse.' "'Dr. Stein was removing his rubber gloves, "'and Fallred watched the process "'with an interest that almost amounted to fascination. "'A slight, involuntary shudder shook at him "'at the memory of touching these gloves. "'Slick, cold, clammy things.' like the touch of death. You may get lonely tonight if I don't find anyone, the doctor remarked as he opened the door. Not superstitious, are you? Falred laughed, scarcely. To tell the truth from what I hear of Farrell's disposition, I'd rather be watching his corpse than have been his guest in life. The door closed and Falred took up his vigil. He seated himself in the only chair the room boasted, glanced casually at the formless sheeted bulk on the bed opposite him, and began to read by the light of the dim lamp which stood on the rough table. Outside, the darkness gathered swiftly, and finally, Fallred laid down his magazine to rest his eyes. He looked again at the shape which had in life In the form of Adam Farrell, wondering what quirk in the human nature made the sight of a corpse not so unpleasant, but such an object of fear to man. Unthinking ignorance, seeing in dead things a reminder of death to come, he decided lazily, and began idly contemplating as to what life had held for this grim and crabbed old man who had neither relatives nor friends, and who had seldom left the house wherein he had died. The usual tales of miser-hoarded wealth had accumulated, but Falred felt so little interest in the whole matter that it was not even necessary for him to overcome any temptation to pray about the house for possible hidden treasure. He returned to his reading with a shrug, The task was more boresome than he had thought for. After a while, he was aware that every time he looked up from his magazine and his eyes fell upon the bed with its grim occupant, he started involuntarily, as if he had for an instant forgotten the presence of the dead man and was unpleasantly reminded of the fact. The start was slight and instinctive, but he felt almost angered at himself he realized for the first time the utter and deadening silence which enwrapped the house, a silence apparently shared by the night, for no sound came through the window. Adam Farrell lived as far apart from his neighbors as possible, and there was no other house within hearing distance. Falred shook himself as if to rid his mind of unsavory speculations, and went back to his reading. A sudden vagrant gust of wind whipped through the window, in which the light in the lamp flickered and went out suddenly. Fall Red, cursing softly, groped in the darkness for matches, burning his fingers on the lamp chimney. He struck a match, relighted the lamp, and glancing over at the bed, Got a horrible mental jolt. Adam Farrell's face stared blindly at him, the dead eyes wide and blank, framed in the gnarled gray features. Even as Fallred instinctively shuddered, his reason explained the apparent phenomenon. The sheet that covered the corpse had been carelessly thrown across the face, and the sudden puff of wind had disarranged and flung it aside. Yet there was something grisly about the thing, something fearsomely suggestive, as if, in the cloaking dark, a dead hand had flung aside the sheet, just as if the corpse were about to rise. Fallred, an imaginative man, shrugged his shoulders at these ghastly thoughts and crossed the room to replace the sheet. The dead eyes seemed to stare malevolently with an evilness that transcended the man's churlishness in life. The workings of a vivid imagination, Fallred knew and recovered the gray face shrinking as his hand chanced to touch the cold flesh, slick and clammy, the touch of death. He shuddered with a natural revulsion of the living for the dead, and went back to his chair and magazine. At last, growing sleepy, he lay down upon a couch which, by some strange whim of the original owner, formed part of the room's scant furnishings and composed himself for slumber. He decided to leave the light burning, telling himself that it was in accordance with the usual custom of leaving lights burning for the dead, for he was not willing to admit to himself that already he was conscious of a dislike for lying in the darkness with a corpse. He dozed, awoke with a start, and looked at the sheeted form of the bed. Silence reigned over the house, and outside it was very dark. The hour was approaching midnight, with its accompanying eerie domination over the human mind. Fallred glanced again at the bed where the body lay and found the sight of the sheeted object most repellent. A fantastic idea had birthed in his mind and grew that beneath the sheet the mere lifeless body had become a strange, monstrous thing, a hideous, conscious being that watched him with eyes which burned through the fabric of the cloth. This thought... A mere fantasy, of course, he explained to himself by the legends of vampires, undead ghosts and such like, the fearsome attributes with which the living have cloaked the dead for countless ages, since the primitive man first recognized in death something horrid and apart from life. Man feared death, thought Falred, and some of this fear of death took hold on the dead, so they too were feared, and the sight of the dead engendered grisly thoughts gave rise to dim fears of hereditary memory lurking back in the dark corners of the brain. At any rate, that silent hidden thing was getting on his nerves. He thought of uncovering the face on the principle that familiarity breeds contempt, the sight of the features calm and still in death would banish he thought all such wild conjectures as were haunting him in spite of himself but the thought of those dead eyes staring in the lamplight was intolerable so at last he blew out the light and lay down this fear had been stealing upon him so insidiously and gradually that he had not been aware of its growth with the extinguishing of the light however and the blotting out the sight of the corpse things assumed their true character and proportions and fall red fell asleep almost instantly on his lips a faint smile for his previous folly he awakened suddenly how long he had been asleep he did not know he sat up his pulse pounding frantically and the cold sweat beating his forehead he knew instantly where he was remembered the other occupant of the room. But what had awakened him? A dream, yes. Now he remembered a hideous dream in which the dead man had risen from the bed and stalked stiffly across the room with eyes of fire and a horrid leer frozen on his grey lips. Fall Redhead seemed to lie motionless, helpless. Then as the corpse reached a gnarled and horrible hand, he awakened. He strove to pierce the gloom, but the room was all blackness, and all without was so dark that no gleam of light came through the window. He reached a shaking hand toward the lamp, then recoiled as if from a hidden serpent. Sitting here in the dark with a fiendish corpse was bad enough, but he dared not light the lamp for fear that his reason would be snuffed out like a candle and what he might see horror stark and unreasoning had full possession of his soul he no longer questioned the instinctive fears that rose in him all those legends he had heard came back to him and brought a belief in them death was a hideous thing a brain-shattering horror imbuing lifeless men with a horrid malevolence Adam Farrell in his life had been simply a churlish but harmless man. Now, he was a terror, a monster, a fiend lurking in the shadows of fear, ready to leap on mankind with talons dipped deep in death and insanity. Fallred sat there, his blood freezing, and fought out his silent battle. Faint glimmerings of reason had begun to touch his fright, when a soft, stealthy sound again froze him. He did not recognize it as the whisper of the night wind across the windowsill. His frenzied fancy knew it only as the tread of death and horror. He sprang from the couch, then stood undecided. Escape was in his mind, but he was too dazed to even try to formulate a plan of escape. Then his sense of direction was gone. Fear had so stultified his mind that he was not able to think consciously. The blackness spread in long waves about him, and its darkness and void entered into his brain. His motions, such as they were, were instinctive. He seemed shackled with mighty chains, and his limbs responded sluggishly, like an imbecile's. A terrible horror grew up in him and reared its grisly shape, that the dead man was behind him, was stealing upon him from the rear. He no longer thought of lighting the lamp. He no longer thought of anything. Fear filled his whole being. There was room for nothing else. He backed away slowly in the darkness, hands behind him, instinctively feeling the way With a terrific effort he partly shook the clinging mist of horror from him and the cold sweat clammy upon his body strove to orient himself. He could see nothing, but the bed was across the room, in front of him. He was backing away from it. There was where the dead man was lying, according to all rules of nature. If the thing were as he felt behind him, then the old tales were true, Death did implant in lifeless bodies an unearthly animation, and dead men did roam the shadows to work their ghastly and evil will upon the sons of men. Then great God! What was man but a wailing infant, lost in the night and beset by frightful things from the black abysses and the terrible unknown voids of space and time? These conclusions he did not reach by any reasoning process. They leaped full-grown into his terror-dazed brain. He worked his way slowly backward, groping, clinging to the thought that the dead man must be in front of him. Then his back-flung hands encountered something, something slick, cold and clammy, like the touch of death. A scream shook the echoes, followed by the crash of a falling body. The next morning, they who came to the house of death found two corpses in the room. Adam Farrell's sheeted body lay motionless upon the bed, and across the room lay the body of Thalred, beneath the shelf. Where Dr. Stein had absent mindedly left his gloves. Rubber gloves, slick and clammy to the touch of a hand groping in the dark. A hand of one fleeing his own fear. Rubber gloves, slick and clammy and cold, like the touch of death. You've been listening to The Fearsome Touch of Death by Robert E. Howard. The great philosopher Voltaire once said, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. I've enjoyed being with you. If you like this podcast, please share it with someone. And take care, my friend. Thank you.